Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity may contain explicit and questionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster Rebecca Adams and are not based on the advice of a licensed therapist, psychologist, or psychiatrist. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Human lives follow many paths, presenting twists and turns and choices never planned, never expected. Temptation, anger, depression, and loneliness all can lead a person to a mistake they can't take back. Facing judgment and isolation, a person can feel very alone. These are the voices of women who have chosen to cheat on their spouses or partners. Hear their stories. This is Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. Well, hello and welcome to Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. This is Rebecca. Welcome back. Today we are going to finish up Annie's story. But before I do that, I wanted to mention something that recently has been brought to my attention. And... I just wanted to kind of bounce things off of you guys. So I really, truly want your input. And I want you to email me what your thoughts are. I'm just trying to decide. So as you know, I've been doing this podcast since October of 2019. And then in um, December of 2019, like right at the end is when I opened my Patreon. Well, as podcasts go, when you first start, especially when you're searching for people to send in information about themselves and stories, especially on a very sensitive topic, it, um, you know, we try new things, we try and figure out the best format. And one thing at this point, I'm still fairly, um, I don't know what the right word is, I'm having a hard time thinking, I just recorded the uh, Patreon episode, and I kept messing up. So they have plenty of bloopers to listen to. Um, but one thing that I really want to keep going in this direction is, is keeping people anonymous. And I've had people say, well, I'll be on your show, but I don't, I don't want to write anything, I want to talk. Well, because of my format and the way things are, I'm really careful, I don't want anything to slip or anything like that. So I'm not saying that that is an option off the table completely. I think in time, I may go that direction with an op option. But the thing is, is that I'm not interviewing people for their stories, I want to share their stories. And that's what makes it difficult. So that to me completely changes my format. But I want to avoid completely changing it. And maybe from time to time, a situation will come up where maybe it's like that. But I don't want it to be a Q&A, like an interview. I want it to flow and actually be stories that people can absorb and hear. Okay, so then on Patreon, um, I do two extra stories a month. And they're usually every other week. Back in 2020, in the spring, I was off work for a couple of months. I worked in a dental office, and due to the pandemic, they had shut us down for a while. So we were closed. And so I had extra time, and I thought, oh, what a great idea. Since I've got extra time, let's make a new show within my own show. And that's when Midweek Ponder came in. And same kind of concept that I already have with the Let's Ponder currently, 
if that made sense. I think what I just said didn't make sense, but I think you get my drift. Um, it was still just taboo topics, and I was doing it, I think, on Wednesdays every other week or something like that. But then as work kind of came into play again, and it was starting to get difficult, I changed the format to um, Let's Ponder. And I was starting to run it on Sundays, opposite of Raw Truth, because I wasn't able to, and I'm still not, I mean, it's the way it is, I would be running a um, Raw Truth episode every other week. And um, then I thought, well, let's ponder. It's going to be on Sundays. I will put those in between. So I'd have a raw truth episode, and then I'd have a ponder episode, and a raw truth episode, and a ponder episode. So every week, you guys would get content. Okay, so that's where, this is actually where we currently are. But in the Patreon subscribers, they still just get two stories a month. And they're usually a week apart as well, not back to back. Um because what they pay for is for two extra stories, early access, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so um, a gentleman who listens on Patreon, who goes way back with me to the beginning of when I started recording. In fact, he's even put a story out on Patreon. He has been a very good supporter for my husband's death. Um, He tells me candidly, if something doesn't seem quite right or gives me a suggestion or just his thoughts and opinions. So today, as I was recording the other episode, he mentioned that having to wait two weeks to hear the follow-up to a story, it kind of loses him. And it probably does for other people, meaning you've kind of like, wait, what was this about? So I was trying to decide what would be the best way about it. Um, And I explained that I try not to make the episodes longer than 30 minutes, just because that is a good length of time. And I want to be sure that I have stories for people. And if a story is extremely long, I don't want a person sitting and listening to a story that ends up being like an hour and a half long, instead of two 45 or 40 minute or even 30 minute episodes, because it's less of this with me jibber jabbering. (laughs) Um, You know, if I have so many stories that I'm booked up for a year straight, yeah, maybe I would consider doing that. But still, it's a hard subject. And it's not like everybody is has a story or feels comfortable writing it out or has time. So there are a select few that, you know, want to submit and I help them along the way. Um, so I split them up too. Again, for multiple reasons, I have my reasons. Um, but with thinking about what this gentleman had said, I wanted your thoughts on this too. What if I... If I have a two-part episode, which I do often because these stories are longer, and I love the fact that they're long because then we have as much information as possible to fully understand this person and what they went through and where things are, helping other people, helping themselves, all those kinds of things. But if it is a two-parter, how would you feel about having those back-to-back? So instead of having part one and then a ponder, part two and then a ponder, it might be within time, it may be just mixed up and not consistent. So it may be story, story, ponder, story, 
ponder, story, story, ponder, being that they would be potentially multiple episodes, but back to back um, weekly, and then switching over to ponder. So does that make sense? Uh, I'm just trying to determine, what do you guys think? Has it been tough for you waiting two weeks to hear the rest of the story? Does it lose you? Because I don't want to lose you guys. I want you to stay um, in the moment. Um, But I do have to wait a week again, unless everybody who's listening wants to send me their story, then I would have so many, we may not even have time for ponder and we'll just be doing stories. (laughs) And I'm not opposed to that. I mean, really, if you're listening and you want to do that, you know, you could. But we as podcasters, as we grow, um, it is a business. We have to grow it slowly. We have to make changes to do what we need to do what's best for ourselves as well as for the listeners. But I want your thoughts because you guys are such a special group of people who listen. Um, It's not like my favorite murder that has a bajillion listeners, including myself, who has a ton of information, or they can be a little bit more, um, I don't know, they have more resources, I guess you could say, um, to record and edit. For me, I do all the story gathering, editing, recording, and then editing and producing the episodes, getting them uploaded with all of the the episode notes. Everything from start to finish with the podcast is done by me. Or in some of these other podcasts that are larger, they have other people that are gathering the information and getting it ready. There's the hosts who read it, somebody else who's editing, somebody who may be putting it out um, on the platform and such. So, you know, when you do it all by yourself, you kind of got to do what you can do considering the time. So just kind of a little information there. And I do sincerely want your feedback. And I really do value what everybody has to say. um, And their thoughts, I may not be able to go forward with everything somebody tells me, but I definitely consider it. So Rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com. Email me or you can send it through if you're a Facebook follower, you can send it through there or Instagram or Twitter or whatever. And uh, let me know your thoughts on that. What happens when a woman cheats on her spouse or partner? As with any form of infidelity, there is always pain, sadness, and collateral damage. We've listened to many stories of women sharing their own infidelity. But what does the husband or betrayed partner go through? My wife and I were together for 19 and a half years. We married on November 24, 2001. Six months later, during the same two-week period that we were creating our youngest son, she had an affair with one guy three different times. She said it was because I wasn't telling her she was beautiful often enough, and it was someone that she had known before we had even been dating and was attracted to him, but she had never had the chance to sleep with him. She didn't tell me about this for a year and a half, and she also told me that she had been with 21 men prior to us meeting. To hear the full story and more stories about the betrayed partner's side of the affair, or being the other woman or other man, subscribe to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelities Patreon. With a $3 a month pledge, you will have access to these bonus episodes, plus have early access to regularly released episodes. Visit rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com and click on the Patreon link to subscribe today.
previously on Annie's Story, Part 1. She had a lumpectomy, then a mastectomy, and it was after that he started telling her seriously that it needed to change, end, and he started seeing a therapist to give him tools to end it and separate amicably. There have been many times throughout this that I have said, I deserve better, let me know when it's done. But we end up chatting as friends and planning things and end up back in the same boat. I know if I can't hold my boundaries, I can't expect him to. I get that. Just a week ago, he told me that she needs radiation therapy now, too. So now the conclusion of Annie's story, part two. He says she won't let him go to appointments with her, so he gets dropped tidbits of info whenever she feels like giving him the next little bit, so he doesn't know when, how long, etc. He said his goal was to continue going to therapy and working toward an end with her. He says he doesn't expect me to sit on standby, but that he needs to end this with care and respect. I understand all that, so that's where we left things. See, his father cheated on his mother and stayed with her for his whole life, and I know he is aware of not repeating that and showing his daughter a better role model of a loving relationship. I know it's not fair on anyone, and Hamilton and I have discussed this. I have also discussed the how can I trust you in the future issue. He said he just can't tell her his truth as she yells at home or minimizes his truth. He says he's tried in the past to tell her that he's unhappy and wants to go to therapy, sort it or end it, and she threatens him with financial wrecking. Unfortunately, Vincent, my ex, who Hamilton is friends with, has been stuck in a seven-year court battle with his ex, whom he was separated from before he and I ever met, and he's been left with almost nothing. Our law is a 50-50 split of everything, but she keeps contesting it even against the advice of her lawyer. Going to court alone has cost between the two of them probably close to $100,000. Vincent had sole custody of their daughter until she went away to college at 18, 19 years, with no support from his ex-wife, and her goal, which she vocalized to all that will listen, was to leave Vincent with no money as she has had a big inheritance payout after they separated. Sometimes when we are hanging out, Vincent updates us on the court proceedings. I've heard another friend of the group say blankly to Hamilton, take notes for when you finally leave so that you know how to protect yourself. I certainly think this is weighing on his thinking about the reality of it. I have given Hamilton many opportunities to be free of me, blocking his contacts, telling him to work on it with her if he wanted something better, etc., etc. But he keeps coming back saying he wants his future to be with me. Now, I am not naive and stupid. I know that people say things all the time, but I believe this man. He has started going to therapy to help work through how he can leave her. He says he feels guilty, and at the same time, he wants to leave the relationship without being horrible, making sure she is financially set, that their daughter, now seven and a half, is happy, etc. But at the same time, there is a part of me thinking, what if he's just lying to me? I ebb and flow through standing by him and leaving him until he's tidied up everything, if he ever does. 
I have never been the other woman before, nor have I, from my knowledge, been cheated on, except for one guy who I was dating, and he was dating multiple people, but as soon as I asked for a commitment and he said no, I ended it, as I wanted a committed relationship and respected that he didn't, or at least he didn't with me. But that's not really cheating. He never committed to me nor lied about it. Actually, there was a man who had been a longtime colleague of mine who I dated for a few weeks who had separated from his partner wife. As soon as he told her he was seeing someone, she told him she was pregnant. I ended things with him so he could focus on her and the new baby. Then she made a fake email address and sent herself emails from a fake me and said that she miscarried due to the stress that I had created. I wouldn't have ever done anything like that and it ruined my friendship with the guy. But I was also grateful not to be involved in their mess. I still see him around a few years on and he's single and she's remarried, I believe. But again, that wasn't an affair, just a messy separation that was clearly not finished. I think about the being faithful thing too, but can you ever 100% trust anyone to be faithful? I can say I very much doubt that he has had an affair before. Yes, I 100% believe that I am the only other woman. We share a form of location tracking with each other, and I know his work colleagues and boss, all his friends, our friends, and most of his schedule. We are intimately linked through many social media platforms, so I have views of his activities and his of mine. No one knows we are seeing each other, so they have no reason to lie for him to me. He is a very hard-working, kind, and patient man. He is driven, and he has good work ethic. So, last week, about 17 months after all this began, I told him I deserved better and said this needed to stop until he got it sorted. And now I feel like an emotional wreck. Do people actually leave their partners when they are unhappy? Why do they stay when they are clearly not compatible and on the verge of depression in a sexless relationship? Any insight or advice would be greatly appreciated. One very confused person, Annie. Update. I really should give you an update. Hamilton and his partner separated last year, around September, once her cancer treatment was finished, and he and I started dating in December. His ex-partner agreed it hadn't been working for years. The separation is very amicable. Looking forward to hearing the story. Thanks, Annie. So after I had prepared the first episode, I had reached out to Annie, just kind of giving her a heads up. And that's when she gave me the update. Uh, Keeping in mind that I had received this story last, oh, jeepers. I don't know when I actually got it. Let's see here. Oh, I got it in July as I'm backing it up. So, you know, it takes a while to get it out. So a lot of change since she had sent that to me. So July, she sent me the story, September, uh, Hamilton and his partner separated December. So just a couple months ago, they started uh, dating openly. So to kind of go back to what you had said, Annie, about do people actually leave their partners when they are unhappy? You know, so many people don't. And I've talked about that. There are so many different reasons why they feel they can't. Um, a lot of it is money. And the other part is the children that are involved. 
Um, it's harder to get out of a marriage, I think, than necessarily um, a live-in relationship because there's some legality in there. Unless you're talking about children, then there could be some legality in that, even if you're just partners um, and not legally married. And I think it scares people. I don't always think that people are having an affairs just to get their rocks off and, uh, you know, making things up at about, you know, at home. Um, I really think that especially men really try and work through the relationship when their women are cheating. Now, in this case, it was him cheating. But you, you seem to know him. And just that so it's been a couple of years now at this point, since you've known him, you really know who this person is, and you've learned to trust. And you know, you had mentioned um, about the cheating part, do you think he'll cheat on you? And you said at this point, you don't think that he would do that. And I honestly think that there are people you can trust. And you know, when you ask questions, and you truly get to know them, deep down, and you meet their family and you learn their history inadvertently, people talk, you can get a sense whether or not it's a genuine person or not. And there are so many circumstances that can lead people to infidelity, none of which is right. Like, you know, I don't condone it, but it happens. And so it's a matter of this person having to figure out what they need to do to get out of the situation. And it's going to be on their timeline. And the fact that you both had such open communication, I mean, he understood he didn't want to make you stay and drag you along, which to me shows that he is not a manipulative person. And you saying, hey, you know what, you need to figure your shit out. I love you, but you need to figure your shit out. So when you do let me know, that to me sounds like you're a very strong, independent woman. So I think with both of those traits with both of you guys might end up just being happy as can be. You know, I've I've said multiple times, uh, you can't build a foundation out of ashes. But the fact that he stayed with her, got her good, and she was able to say, hey, you're right, this isn't working. It has made it better probably for everybody involved. And I hope that the daughter is understanding and she gets time with her dad she gets time with her mom and just because parents aren't together doesn't mean they can't raise a great child with confidence so yeah it's a very your story is very unique being the other woman I've had a few on here and it's it's tough like I'd mentioned I think before one lady just she just feels like that's the best place for her is just to be the other woman where other people actually fall in love and they, they're kind of stuck because they can't move on with their life because of the other person being involved in a relationship. So I hope all goes well for you all in the future and that you and Hamilton are happy and that you grow a close bond with his daughter and that it works out for everybody in the future. And I wish his partner the best as well. She may never have learned about the infidelity and it may be better that she doesn't. Um, not because I believe in lying, but because um, at this point in time with everything that has gone by, move forward. We can't always live in the past. So I don't know, I would say tread carefully on that one. But my advice is always just my thoughts and opinions. They're not necessarily the rules. 
So I, again, thank you so much. And I appreciate the update and you take care. And if anything changes, certainly let me know. You have been listening to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. Your support of the podcast is truly appreciated. Be sure to visit my website at rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com to access story guides, subscribe to Patreon for bonus episode of the men's side of female infidelity, and to vote for this podcast to be in the Hot 50 Countdown for Podcast Magazine. To submit your story for the show, share feedback, or if you have a Let's Ponder suggestion, please email it to rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com or send by snail mail to Rebecca Adams, P.O. Box 821064, Vancouver, Washington, 98682. Every story is always anonymous. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show. Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity is produced and edited by Rebecca Adams. You can follow the show on Facebook at Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity, on Instagram at Podcast Raw Truth, and on Twitter at Raw Female. Thank you again, and be kind to one another. Be kind to yourself, and always remember, no judgment. Goodbye. Goodbye.